What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Negler's Never Right here at PackersNews.com. Week 6 edition. Good gracious, the season is just flying by. have to apologize. I've been away for a few weeks, uh, at least a few games. Uh, travel, the short week turnaround uh, between the Bengals and uh, Bears game, coupled with my computer deciding to just break down in the middle of all of it, has... Uh, Played some havoc with my schedule, especially on the um, multimedia side of things. But, computer is back from the Apple Store. Microphone is plugged in. I'm speaking. I see the lights going up and down, which generally means it's recording my voice. So here we go. Another episode of Nagler's Never Right. Looking at the matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions on Twitter, so I thought I'd dive in and uh, just address some of the recurring themes here. Uh, for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, I did uh, post something from my Facebook Live the other day in regards to the play of HaHa Clinton Dix, and I'll get to that in a little bit when we uh, when we start breaking down kind of position by position this matchup here. But I just wanted to reference that um, I got a lot of feedback from uh, putting that little soundbite up, and if people would like uh, me to cut up a few more of those, uh, you know, just let me know if there's a specific topic that gets talked about a lot. I can start churning those out, so to speak. Um, but uh, looking at the uh, the matchup here leading up to uh, the game in Minnesota on Sunday at noon. Finally, a noon kickoff. only took six weeks. Um, but uh, the recurring theme that I've noticed kind of wherever I find Packers fans this week is the question of uh, who will be playing how much at the running back spot? I think I've gotten that question more than anything else. So I'm going to start there with, uh, obviously, the new kind of star in the making in Aaron Jones, who I thought had a fantastic game against Dallas. I don't think there's any question about that. And then what looks like the expected return of Ty Montgomery. Uh, he has now practiced two days in a row. Wednesday and Thursday, including Thursday being the big padded practice, a full participant, sure would seem like he will be a go on Sunday, which raises, you know, an interesting uh, dilemma for Mike McCarthy and Edgar Bennett and company uh, as far as divvying up the, the running back snaps. Now, as anyone who has followed me throughout the offseason, into the season, throughout camp, etc., Anyone who's followed me for any length of time knows that I'm a big fan of what Ty Montgomery can do with the ball in his hand uh, and a big fan of what he brings to the offense in regards to um, his ability as a multi-dimensional threat, uh, what he's capable of when it comes to forcing defenses to tip their hands, um, be it whether he's in the backfield or split out or in the slot, etc., However, you cannot deny that through the first four weeks, when he was given ample opportunities and um, almost exclusively uh, the, the lion's share of carries out of the backfield, the production was just not there. Now, yes, the, the makeup of the offensive line was different nearly every week. And yes, Aaron Jones bursting onto the scene against uh, Dallas comes against a suspect run defense. Uh, throughout the season that was without their best run defender in Sean Lee. I understand all that. But I am of the mind that 
given what you've seen from Jones, not only in the Cowboys game, but coupled with what he was able to do on the Thursday in the Thursday night game against the Bears, uh, who are I would say a, a a better defense, much stouter defense against the run. Um, I think you have to lean towards Jones, especially because, and I say this only because of this, because of the confidence that Aaron Rodgers has publicly given him um, in regards to his ability in the backfield to pick up uh, things in pass protection, to uh, know all of the checks and adjustments that are required in the offense. Uh, You could see, uh, going back and watching the game, there were a number of times when Dallas did try to stunt into pressure with, you know, forcing the running back to pick things up. And he was assignment sure. And he was right on top of it. Uh, as far as I could see, Rogers said he didn't miss anything. But as far as I could tell, there was only one instance that I could see where Rogers had to tell him, no, 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 you got to go there. And like before the snap of the ball, he was just on the wrong side or something. But that's some, you know, that has happened. That happens all the time. Heck, I've seen that happen plenty with Ty Montgomery. So, as far as his, you know, assignment being assignment sure, it sure seems like he, you know, is locked in and, and not a detriment in that regard. And here's the other thing. When it comes to protecting the franchise, you're protecting Aaron Rodgers. It's not like Ty Montgomery was doing a bang up job of that prior to his injury. Um now obviously we didn't get to see we only saw him in like I think four or five carries Thursday night against Chicago before he had to exit with the rib injury. But the prior week, uh the Bengals game uh, that was a, a downright poor display when it comes to pass protection. Uh, and I thought Aaron Jones did a much better job in that regard as well as running the football. So you put that all together. And to me, yeah, I know the old axiom, you don't ever want to, you, know, you don't lose your job to injury. Yeah, except when you do. And if Jones continues to provide... Uh, the spark on the ground and continues to be assignment sure in pass protection and brings, um, you know, another element to the offense. I don't see that you can take him off the field uh, much at all. Now, I'm sure they will try to get a split going. They will try to kind of evenly distribute the snaps, if not the touches. But I tend to believe, and I my hunch is, is that Aaron Jones is going to take this job and pardon the phrase, run with it. Um, but that's just a guess. Uh, it's, you know, it's one thing to do it against Dallas, which, like I said, has a, a pretty poor run defense. And it's quite another thing to, to be able to do something against uh, this Vikings defense at their place. Um, that is a legit defense that is playing better now than it was earlier in the season. Uh, and, you know, they're going to they're gonna have something to say about it. There's no doubt about that. But... For the most part, I think Jones is. This is you know his chance to really kind of run away with his job. So we'll see. We'll see. That's. I just wanted to get. I wanted to start with that because, like I said, it's probably the number one thing I've been asked about this week uh, as the week has gone on. Uh, kind of widening our view, looking at uh, practice so far this week. Uh, David Bakhtiari has practiced, and it sure sounds like this is the week he comes back. Um, that'll be. Quite the tough assignment to show up and have your first gig back be uh, in Minnesota going against Everson Griffin down in and down out. Uh, he's a guy who, I mean, he's, he's gotten to the quarterback, I think, six games in a row. Um, he, you know, he always gets Rodgers at least once a game, it seems. 
Uh, he got Rodgers in this b- building once before last year. And I thought Bakhtiari actually played a pretty good game in week two last year. But Griffin, he's relentless. And all he has to do is get home once. And we saw on that Monday night game, his strip sack of uh, Bradford, uh, that changed that game. That changed the whole momentum of it. Swung it in the Vikings' favor. So, you know, he's a big play waiting to happen. And that is going to be, you know, that's the tough assignment coming right back off of your uh, extended absence there. It's just something that bears watching. There's no doubt about that. Um, the other thing to note from injuries this week, uh, Kevin King, uh, for the second day in a row on Thursday, was in attendance at practice but did not participate, did not have pads on, uh, was an onlooker. So that would pretty much tell you there's a very little chance that he's going to play on Sunday. Now, you couple that with Morgan Burnett, who also missed another day, and now you're starting to you're starting to think you know that's that's a good chunk of your secondary that's most likely going to be out for uh, this game against the Vikings. And the one kind of thing that breaks in the Packers' favor possibly is that Stephon Diggs missed also missed his second day of practice uh, with a groin injury that he suffered Monday against the Bears. And I tell you what, I said this on Facebook Live, and a couple people either took exception or laughed at me or what have you, but I am dead serious. If Stephon Diggs were playing this game and he was fully healthy, I would probably pick the Vikings. That's how badly he embarrassed the Packers defense last year, how badly he has burned uh, Demarius Randall the last two times they have faced off in Minnesota. You know, then you throw in Adam Thielen, who has done a fantastic job the last three games? He's three times he's faced the Packers. Um, you know, I know it's Case Keenum back there, who isn't exactly you know Fran Tarkington, but uh, those guys have have made plays, and those guys have shown that they can uh, be very very productive, even with Keenum back there at quarterback. So, you know, if Diggs has to does in- indeed miss this game, that is a huge break for the Packers. Because he has given them nothing but trouble. They don't have anybody who can cover him if King is out. I mean, I'm talking no one. Um, so that, like I said, that would that would tend to favor the Packers if if Diggs is out there. Um, you know, the other uh, guy that they will probably get back this week is Michael Floyd, who comes off suspension. Um, I would think he would probably take Laquan Treadwell's place, the former first rounder who has been a nothing but a Pretty monster disappointment for the Vikings. Um, I'll just keep going down the uh, the Vikings um, the, the Vikings offense here since we're talking about it. Um, another guy who's given them nothing but trouble is Kyle Rudolph, and uh, that's another area where if Morgan Burnett's unable to go, uh, Rudolph could do some damage. He's uh, a guy who's given them trouble countless times. Uh, Micah Hyde had nothing but trouble with him. Uh, which is why they switched to Morgan Burnett, um, trying to check him later in the year. Uh, but, you know, like I said, they, they've done, it's funny, Kyle Rudolph has kind of, his game every year against the Packers, usually at home, is kind of his Super Bowl. It's the one time every season when he just kind of comes alive. And I don't know if that's a product of, you know, Caper's scheme matched up with uh, personnel that just can't cover him. Um, something specific that the Vikings game plan, but it seems every year this is what he does. He, he comes alive this one week out of the year. Um, so, 
he is definitely somebody you got to watch for. Now, I'll be interested to see if possibly they go to some of that uh, four... Uh, it's not the quad. Caper said it wasn't a quad, but uh, the four-man line coverage that asks Clay Matthews to drop uh, that they were playing when they caused the interception down in Dallas. Um, that would be an area where I would think you might want to get Clay Matthews into space against Kyle Rudolph, at least get an athlete on him. Um, especially if, you know, they start trying to feature him in the red zone, that might be something they, they can go to. Now, complicating, uh, complicating that idea is, uh, you know, Brooks now has a back injury and has not played or has, sorry, has not practiced all week for the Packers. So if he's unable to go, then you're talking Kyler Fatgirl opposite uh, Nick Perry when you're trying to uh, get Clay Matthews into space. Uh, unless you're just playing, you know, three down linemen and taking the, just dropping the, uh, the backer. It all gets very complicated, I know. But, you know, that's just, just one way they might be able to kind of counter. Oh, or maybe they bring an extra safety on the field. They've done that before this season. Um, maybe they, you know, without Morgan Burnett, you would think, obviously, that Kentrell Bryce would be next man up at the safety position. Maybe they get Marwin Evans onto the field, another athlete, to try and check Rudolph. There's a couple ways that Capers could go there. Um, and now all of this, obviously, is predicated on the Vikings' offensive line being able to hold up. It's something they couldn't do last year in Lambeau Field. Um, or really, that, that first game in Week 2, uh, that they squeaked out a victory. Um, now, there's no question that they have upgraded uh, at you know at across the offensive line comparative to where they were last year. Last year they were a dumpster fire. Um, at least now they have. A, I, th- I would say it's a serviceable offensive line, in Minnesota. I don't think it's any great shakes, but I think you know, like I said, it's serviceable and they can hold up. Now, if the Packers' offense starts putting up a you know barrel full of points, then I think if the Packers' pass rush is allowed to just tee off. Uh, then I think they could they could be in for a long day if you know the Packers get up early. Uh, but for the most part, I think you look at Riley Reef, um, you know Joe Berger, Remmers at right tackle. That's a group that can hold hold up against whoever the Packers throw at them. Now, especially with Nick Perry still working with his club, it, like I said, I think it's going to be very game situationally dependent. Um, if they're allowed to just fire off and run the ball. Get in, keep themselves on schedule offensively. I think they'll hold up fine. Um, but you know, like I said, if they're forced to drop back a bunch, then uh, I think the Packers can definitely make some things happen uh, if they're allowed to just tee off. Um, switching over to when the Packers have the ball, you know, Mike Zimmer has done such a good job over the years against Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy's offense. Um, you know, and a lot of people kind of try to like kind of play it off with uh i don't know i've heard so many different kind of takes on it this week i, I always, i'm always kind of surprised at the uh, the thinking rather than just giving zimmer credit it's oh this was going on xyz so-and-so was injured blah 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 blah. it's like no zimmer is a really good coach and they've got really good players in minnesota and they've done a very good job they have their linebacking group is just outstanding they have been, uh, you know, they've been a thorn in the Packers' side for quite some time. Whether it's, you know, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, um, those guys 
they're they're trouble. They are trouble uh, for uh, for the Packers. I think Kendricks especially is a guy who he's seen everything on tape so many times at this point. There's not much as far as springing surprises on him. Uh, whether they're trying to like do some of their stuff out in the flat um, to the tight end, uh, whether it's you know running a screen, what have you, things that are meant to kind of disorient or confuse the opponent by the Packers offense. Kendricks has seen seen it all so many times, he almost always snuffs it out. And especially at home when they're having to work on a silent count, he's almost arriving before the ball carrier. At the spot the ball carrier is going to be before he gets there. So he's, he's the guy that they have to know where he is on every down, and especially on third and long when Zimmer has those backers come up in you know, mugging the A-gap and puts them at the line of scrimmage. Corey Lindsley is going to you know, be charged with sorting that all out. And we saw down in Dallas that second stack where Lindsley clearly gives a signal to the, for the line to slide to the left, and Lindsley slides and Evans doesn't. And there's a hole that opens up and allows Rogers, you know, the pressure's on Rogers in two seconds. And afterwards, you see Lindsley on the tape. He's very demonstrative with Evans. Those are the kind of things. You're on the road. The, you know, the, the, the communication is tough. And it's going to be much tougher in Minnesota than it was in Dallas. The, I can't describe the noise. Uh, last year, I was very surprised when we arrived and found that the, the press box is open air. There's no glass between you and the crowd like there is in Dallas and a lot of these other places on the road. Um, yeah, it's open air. It was so loud. I can't describe how loud it was. I thought my ears, I thought it was like Wrath of Khan. Like Vikings fans' voices were that little worm that crawled inside my brain and made me want to die. That's how loud it was. Um, which, you know, for them is great. And that's gonna. It's what makes it so hard, especially for a, a team like the Packers, who do so much or try to do so much at the line of scrimmage. You know, that's that's tough. That's tough business right there. So, those linebackers, they're they're going to be a big time problem. Um, you look at the secondary. I, I think obviously Xavier Rhodes, you know, fresh off his contract extension, he is playing lights out football. He is one of the best corners in the league. Um, teams have really just been shying away from him. They, they haven't tested him much at all. I think the Bears game, I don't think they threw at him one time um, for good reason. You know, the Bears don't have any wide receivers, so why would you? But it's just, there's zero, it's almost the Richard, the old school Richard Sherman uh, template where you just put him on one side and you just forget about him um, as far as if you're the offense. Uh, I don't think the Packers will shy away completely. But I definitely think they'll go after Trey Waynes. It's what they did in week two last year um, to, with some success. Uh, obviously, Waynes got the last laugh there with the interception at the end of that game. But, you know, it, you're not going to make a living going after Xavier Rhodes. Um, and another spot where the Packers may catch a break here is Sandeo, their strong safety. He may not go. Um, he's been on the injury report this week as well. So uh, they may catch a break there. Um, another place they may look to attack is Terrence Newman, who obviously has been in the league forever. He's been with Zimmer forever. Um, you know, he's still playing at a decently, you know, uh, somewhat high level. But if there's a place where the Packers can chip away, I think it's against Terrence Newman. Um, you know, they spread it out, go three, four wide, uh, or keep, you know, 
or try and get uh, somebody matched up like a Lance Kendricks if they start in a two tight end set and split him out into the slot. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be spots where they can take advantage of those guys. But like I said, Xavier Rhodes, he's a guy they just want to avoid at uh, all costs. And then, you know, funny talking about, you know, offense, defense, matchups, what have you, something that hasn't, I guess we haven't talked a whole lot about on the beat this week um, because, you know, Ron Zook just says, well, we're going to get it fixed. So what else can you really say? But, you know, Mason Crosby on the road for the second week, um, it's got to bounce back here. I mean, you look at two missed extra points that could have been, and, you know, absolutely played into the game uh, at the end of the game as far as what, you know, the teams needed scoring wise, um, you know, that those can cost you just one can cost you. And Crosby had two missed extra points. And now obviously on the second one, that's, it looks like a poor snap and a poor hold. Uh, that's all got to go off much, much better this week. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see another don't, you know, inside, Really loud. Um, wonder if they got that uh, all taken care of because that's the kind of thing that could cost them a ball game on the road. Remember last year's game, three point game. You know, every extra point counts. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if uh, Tabor Pepper and company have got things together. Um, so yeah, that's uh, kind of my quick overview of the game. Uh, like I said, I'm very sorry that I've been MIA here on the podcast for a few weeks, but I am back, and uh, hopefully I'll be back now every week for the rest of the season. And now that my computer is uh, <laughs> behaving responsibly. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're checking PackersNews.com for all the latest. I uh, can't thank you guys enough for listening, for downloading, for spreading the word, for contacting me on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions, always feel free to you know, hit me up at anegler.gannett.com. Or join in on one of my Facebook Live sessions. I'm live pretty much every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday during the season. Um, And then pre- and post-game. So plenty of ways to contact me. Get in touch. Let me know what's up. Uh, Anything you want to talk Packers-wise, I'm here for you. Uh, In the meantime, check PackersNews.com for all the latest. And we'll talk to you next week here on Nagler's Never Right.